Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Spiritual Insights with Charlotte Spicer. Spirituality and Metaphysics Talk Radio, featuring a course in miracles, dream interpretation, guided meditation, and the psychic and metaphysics free-for-all. It's your opportunity to consult with a professional psychic medium, discuss past lives, the chakras, and more. We are non-denominational, and there are no limits. Want to change your life? You must first change your mind. 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 No matter your religious structure, cultivate peace in your reality through self-awareness with an authentic spiritual teacher. And now, your host, Charlotte Spicer. Spiritual Insights. I am Charlotte Spicer, and we have a very special segment for you today. Our guest is Sarion Michael White, and Sarion is a web author, channel, an international speaker whose workshops, conferences, and private readings have touched the lives of thousands of people throughout Europe, the United States, Canada, Mexico, Australia, and the Middle East. Sarion is a channel for the Ascended Masters, angels, archangels, and the Arcturians. His lifelong devotion to this practice of channeling has led to extraordinary breakthroughs in consciousness that have helped make the invisible realms a much more accessible experience for others. He speaks knowledgeably on the topics of channeling, ascended masters, out-of-body experiences, divine guidance, ET contact, uh, creating wealth and abundance, uh, self-healing, peace consciousness, and so much more. So, Let's all learn together as we discuss all these topics and his mission to help others achieve peace and awareness. Welcome to the show, Sarion. It's beautiful to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. I am too. It's, um, it's funny. The way I found you, I, had, I was speaking to someone. Um, I had a guest on the show, and we were talking about star seeds. And I, I am new to that aspect of this, uh, fairly new, so she was sharing some information, and afterwards she sent me an email and said she was guided to do a search on the internet, and she found you and sent me the link, and that's what connected us. Isn't that cool? That's super cool. I'm being found by people in all kinds of odd ways these days, and there's really not a lot of people that know about my work yet. It's still fairly unknown, but it is Mm. spreading, and just the right people seem to be finding out, and I'm reuniting with a lot of soul family through all of these connections, so it's very beautiful. Yeah, beautiful experiences and uh, miracles, just the way they connect. It's fantastic. And when I did find you and your website, I watched uh, several of your videos, which were outstanding. You are a very clear speaker. But what I love, even though we're talking about extraterrestrials and angels and archangels, you're so down to earth. And that's what I really that's what really drew me to hear what you had to say. Yes, I have a kind of a down to earth approach to all of these things because for me it all has to integrate into practical knowledge, practical understanding, things that we can apply in our consciousness. And I do work a lot with intention. So, you know, I look at the the greater picture, the big map of what's going on in the world, and I look at how that is showing us a mirror of our own intentions and what's in our consciousness, 
and how as we transform ourselves, we transform the world. So I kind of look at things through that lens no matter what I'm looking at. You know, the ET issue is uh, a particularly interesting one. And I just released a clip uh, only a couple of hours ago on YouTube that addresses this exact subject about how we have drawn to ourselves a reflection of our own consciousness in the form of an extraterrestrial presence. And so in order to understand the extraterrestrial presence and the whole galactic spectrum of consciousness that we're a part of, we have to look at how each aspect of it that people are having contact with is a reflection of some aspect of ourselves and how if we're going to evolve in relationship to it, then we have to evolve our reflection. If we want to have contact with higher beings, then we have to evolve our consciousness to become more like them, more spiritually advanced, more focused on our oneness and our equality with each other in the earth. And that's how we would attract connection with more spiritually advanced star nations. Whereas things like the ownership mentality and uh, you know, this idea of uh, owning and controlling the earth's resources as commodities attracts a whole different kind of extraterrestrial civilization that we're having to deal with. So there's a whole spectrum out there. And it's wow. all a reflection of who we are, and we have to take a look at that and see how we can evolve in relationship to it, because you know, whatever we put out there, we get back. And we are creating karma with the way that we relate to the Earth, and you know, some of these extraterrestrial energies are here to show us that. Yes, that makes perfect sense to me. Wow. That, that's something to ponder. So take us back in time. I love the name Sarion. How did you get your name? Was that assigned to you by an entity or someone? And does it translate to something special? It does. And it's an interesting story because I always wanted to know what my spiritual name was. And I remember being a teenager. I was probably about 13, 14 years old. And I very specifically remember having a conversation with God or a prayer where I was saying, you know, my earthly name, Michael, is a very common name, and I love that name. It's a spiritual name as well. Mm-hmm. But what name does God know me by? And mm-hmm. I felt like if I could connect with that, it would help me to understand myself better and help me to remember who I am. And I had a reading with another channel back in 1998, and one of the first things that he did, he was channeling the Master Jesus, And Jesus revealed to me my angelic name. And he said that there were a great many masters and angels and higher beings that all knew me by this name. Well, over the years, I began to actually hear the angels and the ascended masters calling me by that name. And the prophecy was fulfilled, and it became more and more clear to me that that name held a resonance for me that was connected with my higher self. And when I started... Uh, channeling for the School of Manifestation for that project, which started uh, you know, a little less than a year ago, I felt an even stronger overlaying of the vibration of that name, and I even had a dream about what it means. And I was told that the meaning is, it means the renunciant who inherits the kingdom. And so it's kind of a prophecy, really. The name itself is a prophecy about having let go of worldly desire and attachments to material things and worldly things and in doing so you attain the kingdom of heaven from within Hmm. absolutely yeah 
So I know there are other Brilliant. people out there that have that name. It's not a very common name, but there, it, it, I have seen it on the Internet that some people do have this name. I'm not sure what the origin is, uh, of that name is historically, but right. the name meaning that was revealed to me, uh, I think, is uniquely connected with my dharma in this life. Interesting. Very. Now, was that a pivotal moment that put you on the path you're on now, getting that name, or did that moment happen previous to this or simultaneously? Tell us how you you went from, say, one perspective of your life to learning of and owning your mission and your purpose. Well, there were many different stages, but there were also very specific points where things were revealed. My awakening happened in a very dramatic way through a kind of a mystical experience where I just became reconnected with Source and I felt all of my chakras light up and the kundalini energy arose and Mm -hmm. just connected me to all of these other levels of the higher self and I began to merge into higher and higher levels, uh, having kind of like an out-of-body experience and I saw the unity of all things. I saw the underlying unity of all life and all matter as part of a single vibration of universal unconditional love and it was like what people describe when they have a near-death experience when they become one with the light and they connect with the christ energy or you know jesus or uh, some type of higher being that just reveals to them how creation works and what creation actually is and i was able to see the holographic nature of all things and i understood that we are all beings of light having this experience through the illusion of matter and that we were here to create memories and to evolve our consciousness and to become more and more evolved as co-creators with the one. So there are some very simple, clear truths about the nature of our experience and our existence that became very clear. Um, They just became part of my consciousness and I just wasn't the same person after that. So, and in a lot of ways, it was a confirmation of things that were kind of underneath the surface. You know, you always kind of wondered, like, you know, is there a greater spiritual reality? And, you know, I was raised with, you know, beliefs in in angels, and I had had some experiences with uh, Jesus even um, before that that led me to believe that, you know, I was here on a divine mission. But I just didn't know what the mission was. (laughs) And so Mm. shortly after I had that experience, I started having out-of-body experiences almost every night. It became a regular thing, and I found that I could just explore. I could shift out of my body. I could go travel into the afterlife realm. I could meet with friends and relatives that had crossed over Mm -hmm. the other side. I could go and check out uh, extraterrestrial activity in and around the Earth. And anything that I wanted to observe, I could kind of go out and observe, or I could ask a guide to show me, and some force or some guidance would... Uh, help direct my awareness to where I needed to go and then I figured out I could travel in time and I could go back and look into the records of history and I could make trips into the future and look at probable worlds and travel into parallel versions of history and uh, I mean all kinds of different ways yes. of exploring our reality and so over the years and, and doing this for like 20 years I've amassed an enormous amount of experience and knowledge I mean a real wealth of understanding uh, and it's going to take a long time to actually lay out that as a um, you know as a foundation that you know maybe others can add their experiences to and, and build upon. And 
you know, do something with. But I think that a lot of the things that I remember from even from past lives deal with very large-scale collective historical events that, you know, things that we're still experiencing the ripple effect of those today, even though people don't remember. And when I look at those memories, I feel that I was given those memories because they are memories that involve a lot of different people, and specifically people that probably identify with themselves as way showers or spiritual seekers or students of the masters or of higher beings, students of universal wisdom. So I was in a lot of those hot spots during different time periods where things were going on that needed to be remembered because apparently I was created with this really exceptional multidimensional memory that transfers from one lifetime to another. So, Mm -hmm. you know, imagine if you could remember several hundred lifetimes and they all kind of ran together as a sort of narrative of history and you could understand things about the patterns of history and historical momentums and time fields and timelines in a way that uh, allows you to look into the consciousness of, of other people's souls and see how they fit into that matrix and what their role is. And, you know, that's part of what I do. I help people to remember who they are. Yeah, and that perspective I admire because I think, I, I know about, you know, dozens of my past lives, um, but that's personal. And there's an impersonal uh, aspect to what you just said, where if we're if we shift our focus to okay, why is this thing, why is this conflict in my life? What past life does it, or past lives does it point to? And to expand that and broaden that that scope to include the path of history, not just you, but the path the path of history as it as it means for humanity. I think that's a much more um, wise and, and noble. Focus. Does that make sense? Would you agree with what I yeah, said? Yeah, absolutely. I would say that I always have been searching for the big picture, which I think that's what every spiritual seeker does. And mm-hmm. in my case, I was given a specific tool, you know, the out-of-body experience that allowed me to explore and, and get answers to a lot of things that maybe, you know, for a lot of people is more kind of on the edge of awareness, whereas I've been able to get uh, more of a clear detail that kind of grounds some of these truths that we're reaching for and makes it more clear, more discernible, more recognizable. So people go, oh, yeah, yeah, that feels true. I feel like I've always known that. Right. So I just feel excited and and privileged to be able to get to uh, play that role and help ground uh, truth for people that, you know, is kind of on the edges of awareness. But, you know, there's more and more of us moving together into a shared collective dream space in a way we are where we are able to see the hologram of history as a unified whole and to understand the ripple effect of each person's life into that hologram of history in ways that are very empowering and enlightening and bring us greater wisdom about how we can uh, achieve the maximum potential of our life right and I've been, you know, analyzing, I'm, I analyze energy and I, I, I do a lot of stuff. But for the past five or six years, I have been observing the shifts in energy, uh, paradigm shifts, people awakening. Um, I, I try to do my part with my students and my lectures and that type of thing. Um, the radio show is an extension of that work. Um, have you been doing the same? 
I have kind of been kind of off and on for years. You know, I'll pop up and you know release some information, and then people say like, it seems like you go dark for a couple of years, and then you come back and you have all new stuff. And uh, I have been kind of off and on for a long time, even though I have been writing on the web for more than a decade. But uh, more recently, I have developed uh, you know what I think is going to be a foundation that will stay and, and be here for a long time, and that is the School of Manifestation, which was a project that was initiated through me by the Ascended Masters, specifically by Jesus, Mother Mary, and St. Germain, they came to me and they each delivered a message that was an invitation to people to come into the field of the Masters more and to receive from their teachings, their wisdom, and the dispensations of energy that are being given to help accelerate our spiritual growth. So Mm -hmm. that happened last May is when that process started. And I've actually channeled uh, three courses. The first one was with the Ascended Masters, and there was a bit of an introduction in that course to a group of beings known as the Arcturians, which I already knew about the Arcturians. And I had kind of put out a request a long time ago to the Arcturians because I I absolutely love them. They're such love-filled, bliss-filled, light-filled, beautiful, pure-hearted beings and filled with humor and, and love and really deep devotion to the earth and to all life on earth. And I just said, you know, if you guys ever want to do a book through me or, or you know, create something or bring through a message for people, I'd be totally <laughs> open to that. And sure enough, they came in right in the middle of the first course and they said, oh, by the way, we are going to direct the second course. And so the second course is the teachings from the Arcturian Ancient Seven, who were the the seven guides that overlighted that course. And then from there, it moves into the course on angelic integration, in integration with our angelic counterparts. Oh, and we okay. call that working within your angelic blueprint. Okay. All right, let me back up just a little bit. Because, sure. you know, I've heard about the Arcturians, but here's my thing. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I'll believe it when I see it type of person. So I didn't put a lot of focus on extraterrestrials. Of course... You know, if, if I'm in a conversation, which I've had many conversations about it, but um, I think it would be very arrogant of us to think that we're the only ones here and that if, you know, if we are the product of God's love and, and what that love creates, then certainly there, it, just, it just doesn't make sense to me that we're the only ones. And being well aware of, like you were saying a few minutes ago, the ripple effect from um, things that happened in the past, I've always felt and believed that the energy from that continues, and it it has a ripple effect, and there are etheric strings between past plane, present plane, future plane, and then you have to learn to um, work with that in order for peace to be possible in the present, even if you don't understand the full origin, you don't have to know about past lives, but just understand that that's the energy and how beneficial the the process of release can be, Um, but... So I, I'm new to the Arcturians. I do have a little bit of information, but I want to uh, ask you to just very, in plain English, explain to the audience who are the Arcturians and where are they, if you know, and what their goal is in working through human beings like you. I had the pleasure of meeting one not too long ago. You're right. The energy is absolutely blissful. So what, how would you explain who they are and where they are and and what they're doing. 
Well, the Arcturians are a civilization of beings that achieved ascension. They evolved in their spirituality and were able to enter what they call the upward spiral of evolution, the upward spiral of ascension. And they were able to, as a civilization, increase their spiritual vibration, to increase the vibration of the matter in their bodies and to help increase the vibration of the planet itself that they were on. And they kept moving into that upward spiral over, you know, I don't know how many centuries a process like that takes. It could be different on every world. But they were eventually able to completely transcend physicality and become a race of beings of pure love and light. And so all civilizations that achieve that in their consciousness and as an evolutionary state are able to go forth into the galaxy and travel in vehicles made of pure light and sacred geometry. And they can travel faster than light. They can travel and uh, usually end up playing roles as spiritual guides for other civilizations that are on an ascension path. Mm -hmm. So we have drawn the Arcturians to us because they actually represent probably more closely a, a prototype for what we can become because we were meant to evolve and to enter into this upward spiral of ascension and over the centuries increase our vibrations until we become beings of pure love and light. And I've actually, through my out-of-body experiences, traveled into the future and leaped into my own body in the future through various future incarnations. Uh, It's kind of like if you imagine your future self is channeling you from the past. (laughs) And my future self was able to channel me right into that time reference, and I was able to take a look around and see what was there, and I saw that we actually had ascended the whole planet into a higher vibration, and we were beings of love and light. We could fly, we could change shape, we had bodies that didn't look entirely like our bodies look now. Right. Uh, and, and we were able to just share knowledge and consciousness telepathically, and the communication was so accelerated. It was like, you know, faster than light, communication between us. Right. We weren't speaking slowly, using words and passing information through mm-hmm. words. It was pure vibration, pure meaning, pure emotion, and it happened Telepathic, very rapidly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so the Arcturians, they are here as one of the primary ET groups that uh, I would say is playing the role of like midwives to our birthing process as we okay. move into oneness. And one of the reasons why I, you know, in my process of kind of vetting all of these different beings that I want to work with or that have been interested in working with me, I always kind of vet things through Christ, through the Master Jesus, through Archangel Michael. And the Arcturians are the ones in particular that have become completely integrated with the Christ consciousness and with the angelic presence. And mm. so there is an angelic presence that works with them and through them They have become integrated with their angelic counterparts. And the angels, the Arcturian angels, even describe how they evolved in their consciousness by becoming one with the Arcturians through the ascension process. So the whole course that I taught on angelic integration was somewhat inspired by the prototype of the Arcturians and the Arcturian angels and what they were able to impart to us during the Arcturian telecourse. Okay. So 
it's it's a fascinating subject. Now, in terms of like where they come from, uh, you know, there is a specific star called Arcturus, and you know, some people associate the Arcturians with that star. I don't think that that's actually where they come. They, I, I think they come probably within the proximity of that star, but I don't know for sure. And it's not ultimately important, but the Arcturians are very accessible to people that are interested in learning about them, in working with them, in making contact. And, you know, people say, like, you know, I'll see it when I believe it. Well, mm-hmm. the last time I was in Sarasota, I gave a presentation about the Arcturians, and I channeled one of my Arcturian guides named Shamal. And I want to say a few days after that, when I finally was done with all the events and I had the opportunity to go uh, out to the beach, I looked up and I saw an Arcturian ship. It was just this ball of light that just appeared in the sky and flashed really brightly for just Mm. a couple seconds. It was like they were winking at me. And then it kind of closed up, and I saw it as a faint little ball of light for a little while longer, and then it just winked out. And that is not the first time that has happened. The Arcturians have done that with me dozens of times, where it's like they're saying hello. They want to come in and acknowledge that you are aware of them, that you are acknowledging oneness with them, and they're very friendly that way. So when people say, like, well, I'll see it when I believe it, well, a lot of times people are putting their disbelief first. Right. And that's why they don't, they don't see anything. If your mind actually is open to seeing, if you want to see, then it's more likely that you will attract an experience of seeing them because they are there. And right. I've, I was in, actually, Palm Springs for New Year's, and I was outside laying on the earth with about 40 people doing an earth meditation. And when I opened my eyes, I looked up, this brilliant, scintillating, glowing ball of light. It was actually, when you looked closely enough, it was really high in the sky, but when you looked really closely, you could see it was actually like a cluster of like three different balls of light, kind of triangular. And it appeared up in the sky above us, and everyone there saw it. We all saw them, and uh, we all knew what it was. And so, I mean, that's like 40 people all having sighting together. and. Yes. Uh, acknowledging the presence of these beings, and they were drawn into this earth meditation that we were doing. So it's there. It's real. You know, anyone that that just you know says, "Well, I don't believe it because I've never seen it." Well, then it's it's their believing that is yes. causing them to not see. Right, and it beg- it begs the question: If you saw it, would you believe it, or would you dismiss it, or or try to dissect it? Well, that's another interesting thing, that you, because I've actually been with people who, I've been in a group where something appeared, and mm-hmm. some of the people had literally telepathic contact with the ETs that were oh, yeah? there, and, and the ETs were even telling us, we don't want to come any closer because there are some people in your group that are not ready for this. And there were several people in the group that were... You know, a couple of them were frightened by it. They were a little freaked out about how yeah. the, you know, the rest of us were responding. And some of them were like, no, 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 it's just a plane. It can't be anything else. It's just a plane. You know, so somebody's denial pattern was kicked in and was saying, no, it can't be anything else other than something that I believe in. And I'm, you know, I'm not going to budge from that. So It was swamp gas, I swear, you know. Yeah, yeah I know. But, but it's, it's important to respect where they are. 
in, in exactly. their understanding and their belief system. Um, very important. So did you excise those three people from the group so you could continue, or how did you proceed from here? Well, yeah, we were out at a I didn't even remote location. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we all did go home, and then those of us that were uh, attuned to the experience decided to come back out on another night, and we were able to have um, another connection with the ETs at that particular location. So, uh, okay, excellent. Yeah. So if, if, if anyone, if any of us listening, yours truly included, if I wanted to embrace fully their existence and their love or whatever and just basically say hello and have an experience, do I have to go to a remote location to do this? Because when I do freaky stuff like this, I generally kind of go out into the woods or if I want to take pictures of spirits. I've had some pretty cool experiences, um, but there is a sense of protection for others. What, how would we do that, or do you feel comfortable telling us that? Well, yes. I think that going out to a remote location uh, certainly helps, and some of the contact groups that I have worked with, that's exactly what we've done. We've gone out to remote locations, not entirely remote. I mean, there were, there's like a town nearby. I mean, there were um, houses and other people. So it's not like you have to be completely alone out in the desert or something. Right. Uh, but actually, uh, many of the contacts that I've had that were visual sightings where I wasn't the only one seeing it, I had a friend there or somebody else was witnessing it with me, a lot of those happened in like in a city or a town where nobody else happened to be looking up at the sky or in the particular place that we were. I remember one time I was sitting with a friend on the edge of a kind of like a stone wall that was just a little bit above a beach. And it was kind of along the ocean in Italy. And we both looked out and we saw a Pleiadian ship that appeared and started flying towards us. And it didn't get so close that to you know anybody else, if they looked at it, they would have just passed over and thought oh, I was just a plane. But we knew what it was. And, and um, the reason why I know it was a Pleiadian ship is because I asked. Yeah, I said, how, did, how what, did you tell the difference? If it's- I said, what star system are you from? And in the moment that I asked that, the ship turned and it flew directly in front of the Pleiades. So, I, I mean, I knew where the Pleiades were. I could see them. I could identify with them. And the ship flew in direct line of sight of the Pleiades in answer to the question. Where, where, are the, what, where are the Pleiades? Is that a direction or a star? Uh, or? Well, the, if you know your constellations, the constellation of Orion, if you're looking at the constellation of Orion and it's right side up, then the Pleiades are going to be to the right and up a little bit higher than the constellation. Right so, and up. Okay, know, going, 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 from, going from left to right, you have uh, the star Cirrus, and then you yes. have the constellation Orion, and then further off to the right you have the Pleiades. Oh, oh, I didn't know. Yeah. See, because so I've it's, been it's, focusing it's, on this. I've been studying A Course in Miracles for 13 years. Oh, okay. So you got Cirrus, o, Orion, and then Pleiades. I know Orion. I can identify that. Um, so I will look for that. Okay, so they kind of just went into alignment with that to give you a marker and an identification as to who they are. Exactly, and that's the first time a ship has ever done that before, but I thought it was a, a kind of a clever way of <laughs> communicating with us. I think it's pretty us. cool. I think I need to come hang out with you. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, you're well, coming And I'll tell you, there, there's no way that this could have been anything else because uh, this happened just after 9-11, and so all air traffic was grounded. So there was no way that this was anything else other than an ET ship because there were no planes flying that day or that night. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Especially when all planes are grounded after a horrible tragedy. Um, speaking of tragedies, let's, let's move on to the topic of, you know, what's going on in the world today and, and what we're attracting, the experiences we're attracting with our consciousness. How do you explain that event, recent events, and where we're headed? Because I'm seeing a lot of change, which is good to see, but I'm also seeing a lot of destruction and descent for some, and a lot of people are leaving the planet in a hurry. Are you noticing this? Yes, I am. The, the thing that I feel about this and what I have received from my guides and my councils of higher beings that I work with is that what we don't see in the media is all of the miracles that are occurring in the world. That just doesn't mm-hmm. get reported and is often not recognized for what it is. But there are actually miracles happening everywhere all the time. There are divine dispensations. There are divine manifestations. There are people experiencing extraordinary experience of contact and transformation with, uh, with you know, even just Jesus, for example. All of the people that are having experiences right now on the planet of the Master Jesus directly speaking uh-huh. to them, guiding them, and yeah. guiding them towards a higher truth. That's what's happening. That's huge news. The amount of contact that people are having with the unconditional love and forgiveness of of the Christ consciousness and how that's appearing within more and more people. You just don't see that on the news. Now, what you do see is the backlash, is the resistance to all of that love and light that's coming in. So what you have is love and light and peace coming in and infusing into the world more and more and more and it's stirring up everything that is not resonating with or in harmony with that vibration. So there are various forms of resistance coming to the surface. And, you know, there's oneness that is coming in that is a unifying force, and that oneness is causing uprisings, it's causing people to start to address inequalities, which are happening, that's happening all over the world, that inequalities are being addressed. Disparity mm-hmm. is being addressed. Poverty is being addressed. But there's a backlash. There's a resistance. There are power structures that are holding on to control and trying to tighten their grip. And yes. so, yes, we are seeing a struggle and we are see, seeing a polarization in consciousness. And there are a lot of people that are denying the light, that are denying the oneness, that are clinging to uh, you know an every man for himself kind of mentality or an ownership yes. mentality or... Um, you know, I have to just plan for myself and plan for my own future because, you know, God and the divine plan is not looking out for me. It's, and it's um, all you know, about all me. All of this is happening to, yeah, it's all about me. So, you know, what you see in the news is by and large the negative. You know, of course, there are some positive news sources that are um, well, more balanced. Well, but, I was, I was, I was kind of hoping Oprah would take this on. I mean, she needs... Um, some programming, and so I was hoping for some type of show. I don't, I don't know. I, you know, I didn't think it through, but maybe a news style where those things are brought to our awareness. Those events, those miracles, um, people helping others. Those are the, the things I want to see. I, I limit 
um, I severely limit the amount of negativity that I, I allow into my bubble. Um, so I was hoping she would address it. But let me ask you this, Sorion, with regard to all of that resistance going on. Do you have a statement, an intention, a technique that you recommend to others to send light over to those areas, those countries, those parts of the United States where, you, where we have that conflict to kind of put that bonding agent around those and us? Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And what I'm going to share with you and thank you for asking that too, because it is a great, uh, great opportunity to impart uh, some some perspective here. Mm. So what I'll share is a little bit unusual because you're asking like, how can we send light to those areas that are being affected by darkness or duality, or yes. you know, how can we be helpful? Um, of course, I think you know we always have to take a look at any kind of a hot spot, because if there's a hot spot, if there's uh, human needs that need to be met, then you know we have the resources now to all chip in and to all help reinforce the support system more in that area. And so I do, I personally contribute to charity. I tithe 10% of my income to charity, and it's mm-hmm. automatic. As soon as I make some money, I tithe 10%. I, I absolutely believe in that. I believe that is a great way of growing the container of abundance in your life and attracting more wealth to you, and okay. it gives back to the universe and fulfills universal law. So you should always look at, you know, where can I throw a little bit of my income as a tithe towards something where, you know, somebody is in need in some other part of the world, you know. We should look at the hot spots and how can we direct more resources to those places. But the unusual thing that I'm getting to is that if we actually focus on doing good and being love to our own sphere of influence locally, there is a way in which the ripple effect of that ties into other parts of the world because we're all connected. And so there's an interesting way in which souls are connected to the global community in invisible ways. You know, you get to have a homeless man on the street or, uh, or a troubled teen or you know, somebody in your local area that is, is having an issue and they are connected psychically, holographically to larger patterns in human consciousness collectively and sometimes even connected to the resonance of other souls that are you know, maybe soul friends of theirs. Maybe, maybe they incarnated with a group of souls that are split up into different parts of the world and some yeah. of them are in those hot spots. You know, and, yep. and, you know, but somebody here locally is mirroring some of that energy, that dysfunctional energy or the disparity or the lack of hope or, or desperation or whatever that is. And so when you help to heal the people that spirit is bringing to you for help and support and nurture and things like that, then you are he- helping to heal the whole world. You know, if you're just showing up for the opportunities that are being presented to you, it actually goes out and heals a larger collective because of the way we are all connected remotely. Absolutely. So I've had experiences where uh, I have, and, and I'm speaking from experience because I've been aware of other souls that I was connected with in other parts of the world where I could feel the resonance of their conscience and, and what was going through their conscience and what they were struggling with. 
And I could feel how my lessons in life were mirroring theirs in some way, or some test of faith that I went through was actually giving them strength. And they don't know where their strength was coming from. It just appeared within them in, in the right moment, in the moment that they needed it. But those of us that are here to be examples and way showers are going through these tests of initiation that are designed to uh, create an example of how to move through difficult times and difficult events in one's life. And as we demonstrate a way through, our examples are uh, resonating out into the world and sometimes are even being used uh, through amplification, where the angelic presence will amplify some piece of our example to show it to somebody else in some other part of the world that needs that exact example. And I've had that happen to me, where somebody on the, the other side of the world demonstrating something that I needed to see reflected into my consciousness and showed me the path and gave me the courage to sit, take some step that was not visible before I was able to connect with that demonstration. Now, most people are not necessarily going to be able to see that or recognize psychically the source of where that guidance or inner strength is coming from. You know, I happen to be able to sometimes be aware of those things, and so I see how this works. But the insight is still the same. The wisdom that we can put into practice is still the same. If you just take care of those people around you and be really present with the needs of others and look at how you can give back to your own community. If you create peace in your community, then you're helping to create peace within the whole world because that resonates out into the world. Yes, because everyone and everything is connected. It's, um, it's universal law. Yep. Well, listen, um, let me take a short commercial break, and when we come back, I want to ask you about the angels and the archangels. that sound good? Sounds good. All right. We'll be back right after these messages. This is Namdi Asamoah. I play football for the Philadelphia Eagles, but what I do off the field with United Way might be more important. I'm a volunteer tutor and mentor. Why? Because over a million kids a year drop out of school, and that's not okay. It takes 12 years to create a graduate, but it takes about the same time to create a dropout. And the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be me, or it could be you. Studies show that if we get to these kids earlier, their chances are better. And kids who read well by third grade are more likely to graduate. So join me in United Way. Suit up and take the pledge. Become a volunteer reader, tutor, or mentor. Because when a child succeeds, we all succeed. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge at unitedway.org. Brought to you by United Way, the Ad Council, and the National Football League. Today, my new dad threw a barbecue. Today, my new son and I threw a barbecue. There were burgers and chicken. I burnt everything. The burgers, the chicken, the salad. Ah, they were delicious. They were awful. And then, and then we had watermelon. <laughs> I'm allergic to watermelon. And then we played catch. I broke Mr. Lewis's window, Mrs. Wakem's window, Mrs. Wakem's windshield, and then somehow my hand. My hand! <laughs> and then my dad even let me drive his car. The hospital's on the right! It was a rough day. It was a great day. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of kids in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. 
A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. And we're back, everybody. We are here talking with Sarion, and we were discussing extraterrestrial contact and what is going on in the world today. Beautiful, beautiful information being shared. And so, Sarion, I wanted to uh, move into the topic of divine guidance. Does that sound good? Yes. Okay. So in a, I'd like to start here. In addition to Jesus, um, who you work with, I work with Jesus, um, who are some of the other ascended masters that are helping us in different parts of the world? Well, I would say that the main master that has overlighted my training as a channel has been Saint Germain. And Saint Germain is actually a very well-known ascended master. Um, I think he became known through the theosophical movement along with a num- number of other masters that I work with. And uh, you know, these were masters that were making themselves known through the work of uh, you know, earlier channels and authors. Uh, but nowadays, uh, Saint Germain is probably one of the most common, most widely known ascended masters that, that, that is channeled because he works with channels. He works with people to train in their channelship with the ascended masters. And there's actually not quite as many as uh, you would think because there's a lot of people out there that uh, you know claim to receive messages from Saint Germain and not all of them are quite on the same level as the ones that he's taken great care to to train and support to be able to channel for other people. A lot of people do experience contact with Saint Germain privately as well, uh, even right. though they're not being trained to channel him for you know large audiences. But uh, Saint Germain is the ascended master of the Violet Flame, and the Violet Flame is a divine dispensation of healing energy being given to the planet to help us to transmute the energies of the old paradigm and to bring us into the energy of the new age and uh, to clear the pathway for greater abundance and uh, for all of our resources to combine and to be used for altruistic purposes and his guidance is just absolutely golden he's been very much a a teacher for me personally and I experience his energy along with the Master Jesus and Mother Mary uh, as they're like a, a, a threesome in a way that they come in for me so they each represent an aspect of the Christ energy right and they are the three overlighting masters of the school of manifestation so there are also many other masters that I have not channeled as much like the Master Katumi uh, the Master El Moria, uh, Serapis Bay. These are some that are, are fairly commonly known as well. Uh, these are the Ascended Masters of the Seven Planetary Rays, which are the different qualities of Christ Consciousness that human initiates are training through in their path towards ascension and enlightenment. So mm-hmm. all of these Ascended Masters are part of a very, very ancient mystery school that has been a part of the Earth for a long time since there were intelligent civilizations on the earth and this ancient multidimensional mystery school has had many incarnations on the physical plane 
where the mystery school was established by advanced teachers that incarnated, which were incarnations of these ascended masters. And, you know, the Saint Germain, he describes how he trained in some of these incarnations of the mystery school with those of us that remember also training in these mystery schools. So mm-hmm. he moved into his enlightenment and his ascension kind of in advance of many of us that were also training through these mystery schools. And so he is helping us to complete our initiation so that we move into our mastery in this time period and we can help humanity do the same. Cool. Do you consider uh, Mary Magdalene uh, an Ascended Master? I know she's doing a lot of work and I actually had an experience with her recently that was amazing. Uh, Have you ever uh, had dialogue with her or heard about what she's doing? Yes, Mother Mary was actually the very first Ascended Master that I channeled in a private reading for somebody. When I was first contacted by the Masters back in 2005, it wasn't the first time they had contacted me, but they, this is when they first contacted me to do readings. And they said, we want you to start doing readings. And they immediately began to bring people to me. And the first woman that I channeled for was somebody who had been a student of Mother Mary in a previous life and had known her during her incarnation as Mary. So you Mother mean Mary, Mary, Mother of Jesus, right? Yes, Mary, Mother of Jesus. Got you. And so Mother Mary came in. I was actually just kind of preparing myself, kind of psyching myself up for doing this very first reading, and I was outside the hotel room of the person I was going to meet. And Mother Mary came in, and she said, I'm going to be the first one that you channel. Don't be afraid, and just relax. Go in and meditate, and I will be directing where the session goes from there. And so I did, and it was amazing. And she came in and had this whole uh, dialogue with this woman's soul about her discipleship with Mother Mary. And it was just a beautiful experience. Now, previously, the first time that I had ever participated in a global meditation, it was something I learned about. There was a particular planetary alignment back in 1997, and I actually was living in Orlando at the time. Really? And I decided, yeah, I decided I was going to do this meditation. And I meditated, and then I left my body. It just kind of happened. And I laid down, relaxed, and lifted up above the earth. And Mm -hmm. I connected with the presence of Mother Mary. And I experienced her as a global presence. I felt her unconditional love completely embracing the whole of the world. It was like the whole world was in her loving embrace and she was aware of all of the prayers that everyone in the world were praying. She could listen to all of them simultaneously. And it was just extraordinary to experience the awareness of such a divine being. And I, I learned later on through other revelations and epiphanies that she embodied part of a living revelation that uh, was just as much a part of the Christ consciousness as Jesus. They were actually two aspects of one revelation. And you can't really fully understand the revelation of love that Jesus brought without connecting with the piece of it that she embodied as well, because they are interconnected pieces. So they're both very extraordinary beings to work with. So um, I just wanted to go back to the the question. Um, I haven't had a direct experience with Mother Mary. Um, 
the Blessed Mother. I did have an experience with Mary Magdalene, Jesus' wife. Well, she calls him Yeshua. Um, I like yeah. Jesus, personally. And yeah. That's just what I'm used to. I'm a Christmas baby. Um, yeah. but, but Mary Magdalene and Yeshua, um, they were, she was, I, I, you know, back in Catholic school when I was like six years old, I was like, you know, why is it all the ladies' fault? And, what, you know, why are they making her out to be so bad and all this other stuff? I never really believed that she was a prostitute, and right. I still don't. Um, I, that was his wife. How, what do you feel about her? Have you met her? Because she's doing a lot of work, and she's giving a lot of information with regard to all of us balancing the feminine and the masculine aspects of self. Yes, and thank you for bringing that up, and I know she feels very honored by you bringing this up as well, and I can feel that. Well, yeah. Jesus actually introduced her to me. He came into my meditation and he said, this is my wife. And he brought her forth into my consciousness and she spoke a message to me and was honoring me for the uh, messages that I've been channeling about the equality of the feminine Christ and what she represented because I have done a lot of channeling about the times of Jesus and the disciples and the revelation that was seated there. And the the feminine aspect of that was not fairly represented and carried forward. And, you know, it was like a lost teaching that has been resurfacing in uh, you know, various ways and is going to continue to resurface in still more ways, uh, very profound ways, in fact. But uh, she has... Uh, come to me on many occasions and she's spoken about the way she was treated by the male disciples, the way that she was put down, how difficult that was for her and how she was just not regarded as an equal even though she was his partner. And I also remember one particular vision where I saw you know through the Akashic records Jesus, as he was returning from a journey in the wilderness where he had been fasting and praying in the wilderness and he had had Mm -hmm. a very profound connection through simultaneous time with Moses. And so if you read in the Torah, when Moses experiences the the burning bush, which is also, it's not what we think, uh, but it's a whole other subject. Right. uh, he, He was actually in connection with Jesus through simultaneous time. They were both aware of each other in their different time references. There was like a window opened and and connected them together, and they were both able to communicate, like two-way communication through time. I love it. Uh And so Jesus was just coming back from his trip into the wilderness where he had that experience, and he was supercharged with all this spiritual energy. And he walked into the town, and I saw Mary Magdalene, and she kind of walked out, and they exchanged glances, and I could feel the quality of her consciousness and the quality of his consciousness, and there just were no other two people like them in the world, or at least not in that part of the world. They were very unique. They both had a very high level of consciousness. They both recognized each other. They both knew who the other one was. They felt it on a deep cellular level, and yet at the time... It, it would not have been appropriate in, in that society for Jesus to just walk up and start chatting with her. You know, there were certain uh, social rules and norms that had to be followed. Well, they and didn't so need it wasn't words. Really, yeah, they didn't need words, you know, and they, mm-hmm. I think they both knew on some level 
that you know that connection was going to play out in some way at a certain point in time. But I remember right. seeing them at that early stage before they were partners and feeling just how alike they were in certain ways. And yet I feel that Jesus has sun energy, she has moon energy. Could you imagine him walking into that town? Could you imagine how he was glowing, being that supercharged with spiritual energy? And then, and that's where I got the image of sun-moon energy, where um, the complementary um, and the dual purpose, and imagine him glowing, and then imagine that light reflecting off her face. Can you yes. see that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the I think image that's I a, just saw. That's a, that's a good way of describing it. It's, it was that powerful. I'm looking right at it. It's pretty cool. Wow. <laughs> Well, let me ask you another question um, about another Ascended Master that I recently heard of. Have you heard of Maitreya? Yes. So uh, Maitreya, that's a very interesting subject, uh, especially given how many people there are in the world who claim to be incarnations of Maitreya and aren't. I mean, it's it's a fascinating subject. I mean, anytime there has been a prophecy about someone uh you know coming that was going to be like a spiritual master there have always been people willing to step up and claim that they were that person sure. uh, so well uh, yeah i'll tell you so I, let I me just speak about the, the yeah I, well, I did a segment on it you're welcome to listen to it and give and send me your thoughts yeah that would be interesting yeah I, I definitely will give you some some perspectives on that cool uh, so i'll speak about the interplay in Maitreya because Maitreya is the being that sort of enfolds the whole hierarchy of masters. And even the term hierarchy, I, I should qualify that because it's just it's not hierarchy in the sense that uh, we normally think of hier- hierarchy. It's not like a military or a government hierarchy. Right. It's more no, that we'll, you know, when, we'll when certain beings that. reach a higher level of consciousness then right. they play a role in sponsoring and mentoring others into that same level of consciousness as they are also being mentored into higher levels themselves. So right. you know, the, the avatar, Maitreya, is a galactic Christed being, a very vast being that holds the office of the Christ for our world and enfolds all of the masters into uh, one heart and one mind uh, not that they are, you know, not uh, at one with that in in their consciousness already, but you know, he is the uh, the energy of all of the masters as one, and so embodies and radiates a kind of a singularity to support all of the masters to function as a singularity. So it's a very interesting energy, and the Maitreya energy is something that. Anyone as a student of the masters and as an initiate that is able to actually cross a certain threshold, um, you know, the threshold of enlightenment or uh, some describe it as a very specific initiation within a school of initiations. Mm -hmm. Uh, Once you cross a certain threshold, you begin to experience being overlighted by the ascended masters where you carry some of their light and their consciousness and the Maitreya energy is like all of them as one. It's a collective Christ energy, and anyone can embody an aspect of that. Anyone can grow to embody more of the Christ consciousness. And I think there are some people that 
have either gotten close to that threshold or they've channeled information about it or you know the odd person that actually has crossed the threshold of enlightenment uh, is you know still does not become a hundred percent free from ego and uh, you know holds on to some type of egoic form of identity that says well I am that you know or that's who I am as if it's exclusive Certainly. to them mm-hmm. so uh, you know even people that have achieved enlightenment have uh, fallen back and you can't, stumbled you can't get in away their from path. It. It's, it's, it's on a cellular level that until you're out of that cellular body, you will have that last string of identification with the ego. Even Jesus had it. Yeah. Because yes. as he was up on the cross, crucified, bleeding, um, imagine how he felt knowing that Mary Magdalene and his mother were at the base of the cross, and we all know what happens when the body expires, what the next thing that happens, and that's embarrassing, you know, when when the body lets go like that, and it, that's my understanding of hell. One of the things that, that gave him uh, a little bit of trouble with regard to the crucifixion was that kind of humiliation in front of the, the women that he loved. Anyway, I, I didn't mean to side sideline that, but um, please continue. So, you were talking about egoic um, identification. And- yeah, well, there are many pitfalls in the spiritual path, and just because you cross certain thresholds in your consciousness or you know, even attaining enlightenment uh, is not the end. It's not the, the final achievement. It's not uh, you know, the, the point at which you say, okay, I'm a master now and there's nothing more for me to learn. You know, it's actually the beginning of a much more accelerated uh, process, and sometimes you are going to be tested even more profoundly once you achieve that in your consciousness. I know the masters have spoken to me about this, and they have said that a great many of the initiates that they have schooled and trained uh, all the way into their enlightenment have stumbled once they cross that threshold and kind of figured that, you know, they've made the grade and they don't have to do any more work. And they've said, we want to make sure that that doesn't happen to you. And so we are going to absolutely make sure that you get all of the refinements that you need so that you remain humble throughout your whole life and have that kind of humility, which to me, that has uh, already presenced itself through uh, the revelation of spiritual equality. So for me, equality as an ideal in human consciousness is very important. It's very much a part of of what I teach, what I strive to demonstrate, and what constantly sources me as I deal with the challenges on my spiritual path because I find that we constantly are looking at a mirror reflection of ourselves in, in everyone, and if we attract any kind of conflict into our life, then we have to look at how we are in some way engaged in that. If we are playing into some kind of a power struggle, if we are holding superiority or inferiority in our consciousness, either way. Right. And so you have to be able to get to the root of that, to transform that, to hold equality with others, and to hold yourself as an equal. And so that process of going deeper and deeper and deeper, and you know, into more and more refined degrees of equality in your conscience with all beings, not just with all human beings, but with all beings, you know, with, with you know, the fly that's flying around your I was, house. I was you, just thinking of insects. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, exactly. And I just actually, there was an ant crawling across my computer, and I just let him gently crawl really? up into my finger, and I just, you know, let him down onto the floor. I love and, ants. Yeah. So, you know, ants, they are, they represent community. They are symbolic of community. And so if you're, if you're having ant issues, then you need to look at where you're not being an equal with the community, where you are mm-hmm. maybe isolating yourself in some way and not being present to the greater whole that you're a part of or not participating enough. Well, so every animal is symbolic and shows up yeah. in our life to bring us a message. And you know what's neat? Okay, so you have an ant um, crawling across your computer. Um, whenever I would get upset at work, I would go outside and watch the ants. And it would have a very calming effect. And what I would do is, you know, kind of pull back um, and watch them. And uh, I don't mean to sound weird to people, but, okay, so I, you know, kneel down on the ground and I'm watching this colony of ants and I'd pull my awareness um, back and and watch their energy fields as well. And the harmony between them, um, like you said, the the community um, working together and that harmony that they represented as they all – work towards a common goal, and I love what you just said, without a sense of superiority or inferiority. Um, yes. Because I, I wanted to get into the, a little deeper in the hierarchy. So this is perfect because um, that's, that's one of my, I made it one of my totems so that if I was upset about work and people who didn't um, fit well together, work well together, or just didn't want to be a team player, I'd go and redirect my energies by observing the ants for just a little while, and then I could calm down, regroup, and go back. Um, so that's really and interesting. And that's actually a really, that's a powerful insight that you're describing, redirecting your energy, you know, taking it away from the person or people that you're angry at or frustrated with and directing it in some other way, you know, directing it into nature or sending it down into the earth. There are lots of different ways that you can direct anger or frustration in productive ways that's healing and transformative and expansive. But if you just stay focused on disagreeing with or being in conflict with whoever triggered that in the first place, then you remain trapped. And then, you know, you could end up even creating karma by holding that in your energy field. Absolutely. But because we, I love the segue of the inferiority, the superiority, and I want to go just, I want to touch on the hierarchy because of something um, that was made not too long ago. So I think it's important to illustrate uh, for anyone listening. I want to discuss this. We're talking about some pretty cool experiences, and I know that a lot of people are are saying, hey, I want to talk to Jesus. I want to know um, how he thinks I'm doing, or I would love to meet the Blessed Mother or, you know, or Mary Magdalene. But I want to discuss this so that anyone who's listening understands and recognizes that if you're seeking guidance, to ask for the guide that's perfect for you at the vibration where you are. And there should be no embarrassment, like, oh, I want to, and like you said, oh, I'm a master now, I have nothing left to learn. Um, don't Don't ever think that, because if you had nothing left to learn, you would basically be dead but ask for the guide that is perfect for you we all have spirit guides but there are other beings other entities angels and archangels and i want to tell you my understanding of the hierarchy of archangels sorry on and then you add to that or augment that okay sure okay my 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 understanding all my life is that the archangels accept their roles completely and without comparison 
I think comparison is the root of all evil, and that leads you right down to discontentment. Um, but the archangels, one is uh, in charge of this area of life, or one is in charge of um, healing, but they don't compare their roles and say, well, why do they get to do that? They just know what their role is, and they're happy about that, and without concern for another person's role. And then there are angels, and these are all on different levels, very, very different vibrational levels. And like you said, you know, you ascend to that, but not, not with jealousy do you look to these people. Um, so on the lower planes, Closer to us, we do have spirit guides that guide us on a daily basis. I have four. I have one. I caught one on film. Um, but then I have had experiences with angels, and I know the archangels are above that. But we don't want you to see this in a linear format. We want you to understand it in a vibrational format. And vibrationally, let's just say their energy is much thinner and more subtle, and that's what puts them in the upper layer of conscious awareness. Um, let me pause right there, and, and how would you like to add to that, Sarion? Well, I'll just say that there is no superiority in the hologram of God. There's no superiority. It's an illusion. And so, you know, these beings that, you know, we would think of them as higher beings from our planetary reference point, they don't see themselves as better or superior than beings that are operating on a planetary scale, uh, even though they're, you know, taking care of the ascension process of, you know, countless worlds. So Archangel Michael is a, a universal being. And all of these archangels are aware that they are aspects of a singularity, of a whole. That they are one with each other. That, yes, they perform different functions, but they are a single integrated team. They are aspects of each other. You know, we have names for these beings because it helps us to form a relationship to them. But even the way our language is structured and how it operates and the kind of consciousness that is imbued into this level of language, it does contain separation in it. So we actually have to evolve our language systems and to elevate language into alignment with a resonance of oneness and universal energy so that our language can evolve to another level and we can begin to commune with higher beings using a more universal form of language. So as far as uh, you know, the angels that are guiding us uh, you know, kind of on a daily basis, uh, you know, in contrast to you know, archangels, well, these planetary-level guides are aspects of those beings. Because the way the universe is created is that it begins with just 12 beings and then those 12 split into you know, 12 more each and then there are many different iterations of, of being and sacred numbers that are used in different ways to continue to uh, expand and multifurcate uh, consciousness into many different orders of being. So there's a kind of a splitting apart of consciousness and energy until you get down to the level of the kinds of beings that incarnate into living worlds and you know the same thing is true of angels you know it gets all the way down to uh, the level of beings that are you know guiding living worlds or in some cases incarnating and 
you know, all of those beings are all aspects of higher selves. Well, as you journey into higher levels of consciousness, and if you're doing this in the out-of-body state and you were just merging with higher and higher levels of yourself, Mm -hmm. then it's kind of like many different streams merging into one stream. So there are many different versions of you. Some of them could be living lives on other worlds even. And all of those versions are feeding into a common meeting point, a common uh, station of being that is one level of your higher self. And that process keeps going into higher and higher and higher levels as we all merge back into a single stream of consciousness that is all in one, a many-in-one universe. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's, there's the angelic element of that. There are, um, you know, other orders of being that operate in that same way, and they're all aspects of each other. Perfect. Yeah. That's, that's perfect. Um. I want to, we're, we're, we don't have a whole lot of time. We, uh, the timer will go off in uh, just about 15 minutes. I wanted to ask you, on, on the topic of wealth and abundance, which you touched on very lately earlier, do you see happening now or as it accelerates in the future, do you see struggle in this area of life dissipating and that someday we will get to a point where nobody will be lacking? Like, like you mentioned, the homeless, the starving, the, the sick. Do you see that happening today, and do you see it accelerating and expanding quickly in the future? That is an interesting question because there absolutely is a divine plan in place to initiate humanity into uh, whole new patterns of civilization that will be able to take care of everyone's basic needs much better. And there are also even many resources that are going to become available to humanity that are right now hidden or protected and in some cases even suppressed that would make a massive difference in that effort to create a more prosperous society for everyone. So, you know, on the one hand you have some forces that are trying to hold back the more even distribution of wealth. Yeah, that's uh, you why also they have to yeah. Exactly. You, you also have uh, a lot of poverty consciousness in the world. Absolutely. So, you know, the, to the extent that there are control structures that are trying to hold all of the wealth at the top and siphon it off and control it from, you know, some kind of a global domination pyramid scheme to the mm-hmm. extent that you have that that is really you you can't just attack that and say well that's the problem is you know the the global elites or whatever you have to look at the poverty consciousness at the level of the ordinary human being and how we're all uh, dealing with a, a form of poverty consciousness that is very prevalent I mean, I, I don't want to say all of this because some people are evolving out of that and demonstrating other ways of being. But, you know, the general population has a lot of that. And, you know, thankfully, that is something that is getting transformed and worked on through the experience of life as a mystery school and the understanding that these conditions were designed to teach us and to help us become aware of universal law. So the conditions of the world as they exist today, as 
messed up as it seems and as difficult and challenging as it seems and as backwards as it is in, in many ways, the divine is using all of those things as instruments for our spiritual growth. And one of the areas where that growth is taking place is through understanding the laws of creation and the laws of manifestation and abundance. And so there are extraordinary breakthroughs taking place every single day as people learn about and begin to master these universal laws. And so there is a paradigm shift taking place. It's just that it might appear like it's not happening fast enough to stop the destruction that's going on. But no matter what happens, the value of the earth is so great that the divine you know, whether we're speaking in terms of God or the angelic presence or, uh, you know, whatever, the divine is not going to allow the earth to be destroyed. The earth is more important than the pursuits of the human ego. And so whatever needs to happen to prevent the human ego from destroying the earth, that's what it's going to take. That's what's going to happen. And I can't predict exactly what it's going to take. You know, if humanity really wakes up more quickly and starts to really get it and mm -hmm. get our priorities right and start putting, you know, the caring of our basic human needs above Perfect. the pursuit of material wealth, then we could see an evolution that takes place very, very rapidly and would not have to involve, you know, more catastrophes and uh, more disparity and more suffering. But it's going to take whatever it takes, and we just have to each do our part and look at how can I master myself better and how can I improve myself so that I can be of greater service to others and set an example for others. And, and yes, and if we all do that, we can, we can just make it go, things can get so much easier, faster. And, and that's what I think people are being pushed into this, and I think many are getting on board. I do see some resistance. Um, there's a lot of competition. Um, but, yes, if we would all focus on each other, um, it would, it I would be infinitely I think we're headed easier. towards a, a breaking point. And, and I don't want to make any kind of date prediction as to when that could happen, but there is some type of a, a breaking point that we're very close to yes. where the tide is turning and where there's a, a tidal wave of change coming. And some aspects of what that is and what it looks like might be frightening at first when we see that you know, there's no way to escape the changes that have to be made or the changes that are going to initiate us into the new pattern of civilization. There's a whole new pattern of civilization that already exists and it's kind of overlaying the old pattern as the old pattern is beginning to wilt and die and fall away. But at some point, yeah, at some point there's going to be, uh, you know, what you might think of as like the final blow to that old system, something that kind of accelerates its demise. And if you are aligned with the oneness, if you are surrendered to the divine, then whatever your path is through these times, it's going to be protected and aligned and connected with uh, this beautiful new pattern of 
civilization and community participation and uh, oneness and the opening up of, of new resources that were invisible to us before, that is what is in store for us. And we have every reason to be hopeful. I absolutely have no fear about where the, the human story is headed. I'll just say that. Yes. Well, do you go into this topic and other areas like self-healing and how to get out of poverty consciousness or victim consciousness to achieve peace consciousness in the three phases you teach in the School of Manifestation? Absolutely. And the very first course, which is called Allowing Divine Manifestation, it's really great at taking people beyond, uh, you know, like the level of teaching that you saw in The Secret, you know, which is probably very familiar to a lot of people. So, you know, The Secret was all about the law of attraction. And it's really fascinating. You know, it's, it's important to be aware of the law of attraction, but that is not the end of, you know, no. where our potential for manifestation is. So allowing divine manifestation is about becoming aware of the extent to which we block or inhibit or limit divine manifestation. And we're talking about things that want to come to us that we may not even know or see what wants to come to us. But as and long as we even, are... They don't even touch that in a secret. That's what made me so uh, frustrated with it. I know. I, I, I didn't even watch The, the Secret. I, I never read the book. I just got just the gist of it, and I was like, oh, Click. wow, that's, you know, that's, that's good for beginners, but there's so much more, as I had been mm-hmm. learning from the Masters, and I was so grateful that they came through me to deliver this course because it's really excellent at opening you up to the awareness of the conditions that you place on manifestation and how to release them. So I highly, highly recommend it. It's on the website. It's actually all set up to where people can go on to the schoolofmanifestation.com and there's a little link in the top menu bar that says the School of Manifestation. And from there, you can read about the courses, you can register, and you can get started. And basically, once you register, you can go right into week one. There's a, a webcast recording. There are channel messages from the master's. And then a week later, you get week two, and it goes through. You have a five-week course with a sixth week as a bonus. That's kind of a transition into the next course. And so you can do the courses individually, or you can do the entire series as like a subscription service. Wow. I, my question was going to be um, where do people sign up and where do they go to attend them, but it's actually telecourses, teleclasses, so to speak. It's all, it's all done through the website. Fantastic. That's great. And there's six total. One is a bonus. Um, what, you, know, you said phase one is allowing divine manifestation. What are two and three? What can people hope to achieve? Yeah, well, uh, it's, it's not always about Just, achievement as much as it is about becoming connected to these really beautiful energies of, of higher guidance and light and consciousness that want to work with us and help us develop and heal spiritually. So allowing divine manifestation is, you know, the, the subtitle of that is Training with the Ascended Masters. It's an introduction to training with the Ascended Masters. So you're learning about who the Ascended Masters are and okay. what it means to train with them. And so it's, it's a beginning, I think, for a lot of people, but it's not for beginners, really. I mean, it's, it's a pretty, I'll say it's like an advanced beginner's course. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's yeah. really a, a beautiful way to get connected to the subject of channeling 
and there are instructions and downloads and things throughout the whole course uh, where there's literally spiritual energy downloading as you are listening to the meditations and the channeling that is all about helping you to learn about your own potential to channel. So it's about becoming aware of yourself as a channel and empowering you to make your own connection with the masters. So, you know, the first course is five weeks, and then there's like a sixth week uh, that's kind of like the bonus week. And then the next course is a seven-week course with the Arcturians, and then the next course is a 12-week course with the Angels. Wow. And that's the first series. These were all given to me as a series, and I had no idea. I didn't know that, that the series was going to involve what it did. I didn't know that there was going to be series. I was given this this first course, and I think on the fourth week, the Arcturians announced, oh, by the way, you're going to be doing another course. So this is fascinating to me because these beings that I was channeling, like the Arcturians, for example, I didn't know the individual beings before. I knew of the Arcturians. I had an Arcturian guide, but it was like a whole new group of Arcturians came in and wanted to work with me and wanted to work with the people that were going to be taking the course. And so it's fascinating. I'm just learning more all the time from these amazing beings. And I always say to people that I'm as much a student of these courses as you are. You know, even though I'm channeling them, I'm part of the audience of the messages being uh, delivered to. Absolutely. Um, Wow. You are um, precious, so humble, and like I said, so down to earth, and just the way you speak and explain things is just so digestible. I'm sure that everybody's totally enjoyed this. And if you'd like to get a little more of Sarion, he's coming to Sarasota, Florida. So you'll be here March 15th through the 31st um, in a series of events. What will you be talking about when you come, Sarion? I'm going to be giving a presentation each evening for five nights, and I'm also going to be doing workshops that are channeled workshops. And the the five-night seminar is going to involve several different subjects. I will have one evening where I'm channeling the Arcturians, another where I'm channeling the Ascended Masters, and I'm also going to be talking a lot about the afterlife and answering people's questions about the afterlife and out-of-body experiences and dreams and parallel realities and things like that. So it's going to be a full range of things, and I do try to answer people's questions so that the event really addresses the individual needs of people that are showing up. But it's going to be a fascinating journey I will also be talking about ancient history and things that I've retrieved from the Akashic records and um, you know, lost pieces of knowledge and history that really uh, help to illuminate us about who we are and why we're here and you know what our true potential is. So it's, it's going to be awesome. And I also will be doing private readings too. So people can come to an event or they can book a private session with me. I'll be doing those during the day. Or they also have like, uh, kind of package deals where you can, you know, book like a workshop and a reading and, you know, come to the luncheon or, you know, any combination of the events and you get a bit of a discount when you book like a combo ticket. Okay, cool. Well, if you're in the Sarasota area or if you can get here, you can experience Sarion in person at the Cosmic Center of Spiritual Light March 15th through the 31st, 2014. Visit CosmicSpiritualWisdom.com for more info and Find out where you can sign up. Don't forget to go to the theschoolofmanifestation.com, and you can catch up with Sarion on Facebook. His page is Peacekeeper, and that is spelled P-E-A-C-E-K-E-Y 
P-E-R, peacekeeper. I love that spelling. Sarion, we've got about 40 seconds. Thank you so much for coming and sharing all your wisdom with us and, and your absolutely huge loving heart. It's been just a thrill, and I hope you'll come back when you get a chance. Yes, thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on the show, and I'm sure we're going to talk more. Absolutely. I, I look forward to that. Have a great event in Sarasota. If I can find a way to get there, I'll come and see you and support you. Okay, thanks. All right, take care. All right, everybody. Until next time, God bless and be at peace. So long for now.